Jesus has come to the church today. Why don't we lift our hands one more time and just tell him thank you for what I feel in the presence of God. Lord, we're so thankful for the peace that's flowing in this house today. And you would give us another chance to behold your glory and to feel your presence moving here. Oh, it's so good to feel it here. Aren't you thankful that Jesus came to church with us today? One more time, why don't we give the Lord a hand clap of praise? Because he's that good. As Brother Adams comes, why don't we welcome Brother Adams as he comes and minister the word of God. Sunday school, you're dismissed in the field. of the Lord this morning, amen, and it is an honor to be here with you, and uh, I do apologize that my wife and Grant are not with me, they were very excited about coming, and then about two o'clock yesterday, all of a sudden Grant decided he needed a fever, and uh, he's been, about, I guess it was about 102, something like that yesterday afternoon, and so uh, last night it was still up around 100. I stayed away from him and told her, you can stay with him, and uh, I'm going to go to church in the morning, and you can take care of him. So I'm sorry that they're not with me. They wanted to be here, and uh, so I'm sorry they're not here. And uh, I do miss your pastor and uh, your wonderful pastor's wife. Amen. I love and appreciate them very much. And uh, he is such an important voice in my life. And you are blessed here with wonderful leadership. And um, amen, I hope you pray for them daily. I know they're traveling, uh, out ministering and all of that. I hope you pray for their strength. Um, one more time before we go any further, I do want to I know we prayed for them a moment ago. And what Brother Fontenot said was perfectly in order. Uh, but I, I would like for us to pray one more time specifically for them and for their strength as they travel they are very busy, they're traveling, and uh, we want to pray that the Lord would strengthen them and help them today one more time before we go any further. Would you lift your hands and would you pray for your pastor and his wife today? Lord, I bring Brother and Sister Benoit before you tonight, this morning, Lord, and I ask you to strengthen them, Lord, to help them. Lord, I pray for strength for their bodies, for their minds, their spirit, their emotion, Lord. I pray right now, Jesus, that you would strengthen Lord, I pray protection around them, Lord. I pray, Lord Jesus, that your hand would be mightily upon them. Strengthen them as they travel, Lord. Help them to rest, Lord, in times of rest, Lord. Give their mind rest, Lord. I pray that you strengthen them, Lord, in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, amen, 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 amen. Again, it's an honor to be here with you and uh, so thankful to be here in the house of the Lord. Matthew or Mark chapter 10 is where we're going to go. Mark chapter 10. And uh, we'll read a familiar passage, a familiar story to us, but I will ask you to please not tune me out <clears throat> uh, before I get where I want to go because I believe the Lord wants to talk to us today. Mark chapter 10 and we'll begin reading at verse 46. I want to read this story to us, although it's very familiar, I would like to read it uh, to us, Mark chapter 10 and verse 46. And they came to Jericho, 
And as he went out of Jericho with his disciples and a great number of people, blind Bartimaeus, the son of Timaeus, sat by the highway side begging. And when he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to cry out and say, Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy on me. And many charged him that he should hold his peace, but he cried the more a great deal, thou son of David, have mercy on me. And Jesus stood still and commanded him to be called, and they called the blind man, saying unto him, Be of good comfort, rise, he calleth thee. And he, casting away his garment, rose and came to Jesus. And Jesus answering and said unto him, What wilt thou that I should do unto thee? The blind man said unto him, Lord, that I might receive my sight. And Jesus said unto him, Go thy way, thy faith hath made thee whole. And immediately he received his sight and followed Jesus in the way. So we have a man here, blind Bartimaeus, who is a beggar. He is blind. He is on the side of the road uh, asking for handouts, asking for something. He is in need of a miracle from God. And the Lord moves in his life and touches him, and the miraculous thing happens in his life. So I want to look at this today, and uh, I, I don't have really a fancy title I just got a few things from this that I want to lift from it, and I'll, I'll, we'll just title it Lessons from a Former Blind Beggar. Lessons from a Former Blind Beggar. And I know this story is so familiar to us, and we've heard it. How many of you have heard this story preached from before? If you've heard it, lift your hand. Well, I don't even know why I'm here. I mean... Anybody heard that in Sunday school? Anybody heard that story in Sunday school? Blind Bartimaeus, everybody's heard that story. But I think the Lord wants to talk to us out of this story today. There's some things that he wants to show us maybe that we've not seen before. So I want us to be sensitive to his spirit and to what he would speak to us. And that's what I want us to pray. I want us to lift our hands and ask the Lord to speak to us, that our hearts and minds would be open to receive what he has for us today. Lord, I thank you today for your goodness and for your mercy. Lord, I thank you for the opportunity to be in your house today to study your word, to look at your word. I pray that you anoint us today to receive your already anointed word. Let our hearts and minds be open and ready to receive what you have for us today. Lord, I pray that we would be sensitive sensitive to your spirit, to what you want to do in this place. Lord, I'm asking you to touch every heart, Lord, to every mind. Lord, speak to us through your word as only you can, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Would you give the Lord a hand clap of praise? Amen. You can be seated. Now, before we get started this morning, I do have something that I um, I feel like I need to confess. It's so good to see y'all, brother and sister Benoit. It's so good to see y'all. Amen. So good to see everybody else too. I'm glad everybody's here. <laughs> but I do have a, a confession I need to make. After I tell you this, uh, some of you may not want to hear the rest of what I have to say. Some of you will probably think less of me. And um, just got kind of quiet. When, when a preacher starts saying he's got something he needs to confess and something he needs to tell you, people really start listening. <laughs> Some of you may just get up and leave after I tell you this. I hope not, but you might. See how quiet it is? You want to hear this part. <laughs> 
I, uh, I have never shot a deer before. See, I knew you'd think I was less of a man. I've never even been deer hunting before. I'm not, I know some of you got granddaughters that have shot deer. I know that. I understand that. I know. I've never been. It's not that I haven't had the opportunity. I've been invited. I've, I've got men right now. Even though it's not the right season, if I asked them, I think they'd sneak me out there and let me go. <laughs> I, I have my father-in-law and my, his dad. I mean, you talk about deer hunters, man, deer hunting people and all, but I've never done it. Uh, I've heard about it, been around it. Um, but I, I'm for sure in this building, there's probably some men in here that have killed a few deer before. Few ladies in here who've killed some deer before. Do I have any really deer hunters in the building right now? Like, I mean, you love to deer hunt. Okay, I got some men that love. Okay, ladies that love it. That's good. Perfect. All right. So now, <clears throat> would it make sense for me to say, okay, after service, you come up. I'm going to spend an hour with you, and I'm going to explain to you how to go out and kill some deer. You can sit and listen to me talk for an hour, and I'm going to tell you all about how to deer hunt, where to go, what to do. That advice would probably not be very beneficial to your deer hunting. But if one of these people that loves the deer hunt, the deer hunts all the time, if they were going to instruct you and tell you about deer hunting, it'd be worth listening to because they've done it. They've got mounts up on the wall that say, this is, this is the product of my deer hunting. This is what I like to do. And so what you have is one person that has no experience, and then you have another person that has an experience that's done it before, that's been there, that's gone through it all. And that's why today I want to talk to us about not lessons from a blind beggar. I want to talk about lessons from a former blind beggar. I want to talk about a man that doesn't just know about miracles because he's heard somebody else talk about miracles. I, I want to look at what a man did to receive what he needed from Jesus Christ. I want to look at somebody that received what they needed from him. I want to look at somebody that's, that was in need, that was a beggar, that was on the side of the road, that was a blind, that needed a desperate touch from God, and he received what he needed. If you need a desperate touch from God, if you're in desperate need of God today, I want us to look at this man because he can't just tell you how he heard somebody else. When we read his story, we're reading word for word how a man that was in desperate need received what he needed from God. Let, let me just, this is a little side note. You, you need to make sure you're associating with people that have what you want, that have what you need, that have received what you want, that have received what you If you're always associating with people that don't have a walk with God and you're wanting a walk with God, you're never going to get it associating with them. You need to associate with people that have a walk with God, that have a relationship with God. If you're always around people that have never received anything from God, you're never going to receive. You need to get around people that know how to get something from God, that know how to get a hold of God. If you want to learn how to pray, get by somebody in the prayer room that knows how to pray and get next to them and learn how to get a hold of God. 
So I want us today to pay attention to this man that has received this miracle from God because I believe there are people here today that are in need of something from God, that are in need of something from him. And so I know this story is familiar, but would you bear with me for a few minutes this morning as we look at it again, this story of blind Bartimaeus. I, I, I want us to note that Jesus has come to Jericho. Jesus is walking through Jericho, and this is not his first visit to Jericho um, and he is in Jericho, and the Bible says that he is leaving Jericho. It says, and they came to Jericho as he went, and as he went out of Jericho with his disciples. So he's come to Jericho, he's visited Jericho, he's done what he wanted to do in Jericho, and now he's on his way out of Jericho. Jesus is leaving Jericho, he's on his way out, and this is when blind Bartimaeus realizes he's close enough to Jesus that Jesus can hear his voice. And uh, it's important to note that Jesus is on his way out of Jericho, and the reason that it's important to note that is because this is the last visit that Jesus will ever pay to the city of Jericho in his earthly ministry. This is the last time that Jesus is going to pass by blind Bartimaeus. But blind Bartimaeus doesn't know that. Blind Bartimaeus doesn't know that in just a few short days, Jesus is going to be crucified. Blind Bartimaeus does not know that just in a few short days, they're going to take Jesus and crucify him. Blind Bartimaeus does not know that Jesus is making his final pass through Jericho. All blind Bartimaeus knows is I'm close enough to Jesus right now for him to hear me, so I am going to lift my voice so that he can hear me. Let me just say quickly this morning that you and I, we never know when it's going to be our last opportunity, when it's going to be our last chance, when we're going to have our last Sunday morning when we're going to have our last moment to be in the presence of Jesus Christ. You and I never know when it's going to be our last opportunity, when it's going to be our last moment. This is why we can't say, well, we'll just wait till next week or I'll wait till this. No, no, no. When he's passing by, I've got to lift my voice. I've got to call out to him. I've got to let him know I need you today. I need your help today. He lifts up his voice and he begins to call out to Jesus and it's Jesus' last pass through Jericho. It is the last time that Jesus is going to come through Jericho. Not only that, but I know what's about to happen. About a week from now, just a little over a week from this day, from this moment, Jesus is going to be crucified. He is going to die on a cross. And I, Jesus, dealt with his humanity. And I cannot imagine the pressure and the stress and the strain that Jesus is under as he's walking out of Jericho knowing where he is going, knowing what is waiting on him 
We know what's going to happen in the garden. We see the stress. We see the pressure. We see the weight of all of it as he prays and those great uh, that sweat that, that came as uh, drops of blood on his forehead, all of that stuff, that strain, that pressure, all of that going on. But you know, if I mean, uh, we've all dealt with stress and pressure and all that, probably not to that extent, but, but the pressure and the stress and the weight, it didn't just happen in the garden, but I have a feeling he was feeling that long before he ever got into the garden. He's a week away and he's walking out of Jericho and I know everything else that's going on around me but I can't help but imagine that in his mind he's also thinking about Calvary and all that's about to transpire that Judas is about to betray him that Peter's going to deny him that all of these things that are going on in the battle that's going on in his mind and the pressure and the weight as he's walking down the streets of Jericho and he's feeling the weight and the pressure of what's about to happen and in the middle of all of that Jesus Have mercy on me. In the middle of all of that weight and pressure and all of the people around him and everything that's going on, everything that's happening around him, all of a sudden there's just a cry. Jesus, our son of David, have mercy on me. You got to understand, blind Bartimaeus doesn't realize what he's asking for. Check me out. Blind Bartimaeus is the last person to receive a healing from Jesus Christ in his earthly ministry. Blind Bartimaeus. When he's asking Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy on me, he doesn't realize what he's asking for. He's asking for some mercy to be the last one to receive a healing. When he's asking for mercy, he's not just, no, he doesn't realize what he's asking for. He's asking, would you please allow me to sneak in and be the last one to receive a healing touch from the master on his way to Calvary? And Jesus is walking by, and he's asking, Jesus, would you have mercy on me? And all of the weight and all of the pressure and all that's going on, blind Bartimaeus is calling out, Jesus, thou son of David. Have mercy on me. And in all of that, the crowd is around. The people are around. I want us to notice something from blind Bartimaeus. I told you I got lessons from blind Bartimaeus this morning, and I got a couple I want to give to you. He's sitting on the highway side begging. He's asking. He's asking for money from people. But the Bible says in verse 47 that when he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to cry out and say, Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy on me. When he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to cry out. The verse before says he sat by the highway side begging. But when he heard it was Jesus of Nazareth, he went from begging 
to crying out. I want you to see it this way. His posture changed when he realized he was in the presence of Jesus Christ. His attitude changed when he realized he was in the presence of Jesus Christ. What he was doing changed when he realized he was in the presence of Jesus Christ. That's why we act a little bit different when we're in the presence of God. That's why we act different in the church than we do. We're in the presence of Almighty God. Our posture and our attitude should change when we realize we're in the presence of Jesus Christ and he is passing by. That's why you feel what you feel in this place today. I feel the Holy Ghost here today. And that's why I see some of you, your postures change and your attitudes change. And all of that. It's not the same as it was driving here. It's not the same as it was last week on the job. But now that you're in the presence of the king, your attitude and your posture, it changes. It The Bible says when he realized he was in the presence of Jesus Christ, he began to lift up his voice and begin to cry, Jesus, have mercy on me. Let me tell you, there ought to be a response to Jesus that nobody else gets in this world. We ought to have a response to the king when he's walking through that we give to nobody else. When he heard that it was Jesus, he began to cry out and ask for mercy. Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy on me. So he begins to cry out. He's asking for mercy in this time of stress and pressure and all that is on Jesus and all that's happening. And blind Bartimaeus begins to call out and cry out for mercy. And the Bible says that many charged him that he should hold his peace. Many charged him that he should be quiet. Many charged him. You're interrupting what Jesus is doing. You're interrupting what's happening. You're interrupting the flow of our service. Oh, you can't shout after song number two. That's when we do the offering. No, don't run the house now. He's just about to get up and preach. And if you run the house now, he's going to push it. And then we'll have to worship for another 10 or 15 minutes. And then... And then he'll still get up and preach. And many charged him. Hey, we're just, we're just trying to go through the motions here. He said, well, I'll just tell, this is just me. I'm not saying you'd say, this church here is a worshiping church, so I'm not, I'm not just, just hear me out for a minute. Nobody here is going to do this, so I don't have to worry about it. It's not going to offend anybody. But I've, never, I've been around the Apostolic Church my whole, my whole life. Been around Pentecost Church my whole life. And uh, been in a lot of church services. I don't know how many. I lost count a long time ago. But I've been in a lot. And I've, I've never seen it happen. I'm not saying it hasn't happened. I'm not saying it hasn't happened in Pentecostal churches. But I've just never seen it with my own eyes. I've never seen somebody that's just up and just stand up and worship. You know, not, not crazy, but just lift your hands. I've never seen somebody walk up and say, Hey, you need to sit down. It's time to move on to the next part. You ever seen that? I had never seen it. If you have, don't, don't nod your head. Don't say nothing. Just, I've just never seen it. Right? Never seen it. Oh, but I've seen many people charge people to be quiet and sit down. They didn't say it with their mouth. They said it with their body language. Whew. That fellow that's worshiping and trying to get something from God and everybody's doing this. 
many charged him. It's time to move on to the next part. It's time to go on to the next thing. We've got a schedule to keep around here. Don't you know we've got a Sunday night off tonight? I got stuff I got to do. And many charged him, sit down, be quiet. But he cried the more a great deal. And many charged him to be quiet. And the very thing they were telling him to quit doing, he did more. A great deal. He did the thing that they were telling him to quit doing. He did that thing more a great deal. There's some voices that you have to overcome if you're going to receive something from Jesus. Now, if you would allow me, I want to talk to you about a few voices that we have to overcome. This, this voice, this thing that blind Bartimaeus was The first voice that blind Bartimaeus had to deal with was his own flesh and his own pride. Before he ever had to deal with the problem of the people on the outside, he had to deal with the flesh on the inside. You know what I'm talking about. When you feel, I got to reach, I got to get God, I need to get a hold of God, I need to worship, I need to break through, I need to do all that. But then on your flesh on the inside say, no, sit down, be still, be quiet, just go through the motions, just go through the routine. You're going to interrupt what Jesus is doing. You're going to interrupt what's going on. Everybody's going to look at you like you're crazy. People are going to think something's wrong with you. I know this is a worshiping church, so you don't deal with this, but other places deal with it. They deal with their flesh, trying to keep them in the pew. They deal with their flesh, trying to keep their hands down. They deal with their flesh, trying trying to keep their hands from clapping. They deal with their flesh trying to keep them still. They deal with their flesh telling them it's not worth it. Why would you try to step out? They deal with their flesh telling them why would you go through that? Why do you want to do that? People are going to talk about you after church. Why would you want to do that? People might think you're crazy. Why would you want to do that? They'll talk about you on the job. You're one of them crazy people in that crazy church. I know y'all don't deal with that. That's other places. Here, this is a worshiping church. This is a praising church. But I, just in case there's somebody here today, that's the first voice you're going to have to overcome if you're going to receive something from God is that voice inside of yourself telling you not to do it, not to step out, not to reach out, not to go after him with everything you got. you got to overcome the voice on the inside before you ever come to overcome the voice on the outside. You got to overcome the voice on the inside of your own self. And I've got to overcome the voice on the inside. And I know we call it flesh, but another word for it is pride. Thankfully, Indian Village in this area, y'all don't have pride, nothing around here. Nobody here's got pride. Hallelujah. Got complete victory over pride. Don't deal with it. But just in case you forgot, some people deal with pride. Can we just go ahead and admit it? We all deal with it. 
It's our pride. A lot of times, let me tell you, our pride will rob us of receiving what we need to get from Jesus Christ. Our pride, our self-importance, our self-righteousness, who I am on the job, what they call me, my title, how important I am. Don't you know who I am? All of that stuff will rob you of getting what you need from God. All of that stuff will get in between you and your miracle. All of that stuff will get in between you and receiving what you need from God. All of that junk will get in the way and rob you of the miraculous things that God wants to do. Quit blaming the devil. Quit blaming the world. Quit blaming everything else. Meanwhile, it's our pride that robs us of getting what we need from Jesus Christ. You can... I'm going to hang out here for a minute. I feel the Holy Ghost helping me here. We got to get that pride underneath our feet. But you can blame it on everything else. I can blame it on everything else. But until I get pride under control, until I get that thing crucified and nailed to the cross, it isn't the devil robbing me. It isn't my neighbor robbing me. It's my own pride. Is this all right this morning? It's our pride a lot of times that robs us. God hates pride. God detests pride. He hates a proud look. Self-importance bothers God. Well, glory. Man, I'm meddling around this morning. Pastor may tell me not to come back for a little while. Let's settle down. <laughs> but pride will keep us from getting what we need from Jesus. Pride will stop the miraculous from happening. Pride is the very thing that wants the preacher to stop talking about pride right now. That's just the truth. And sometimes we can see pride in other people and can't see it in ourselves. And But until this man could overcome pride, he couldn't get to the next level. And so let me, let me just say it like this. That thing that pride's telling you not to do, you know what the answer is? To do that more. The very thing that the voice is telling you not to do, the answer is always to do that thing more. That thing that your pride is telling you not to do right now, the miracle is on the other side of doing that thing more. That's why I don't think we need to have milder church. I think our worship needs to be more. I think our praise should be more. I think our giving should be more. I think our sacrifice should be more. I think our obedience should be more. I feel the Holy Ghost here. I know we're kind of digging this morning, so let's just dig in a little bit deeper. The miraculous for blind Bartimaeus 
was on the other side of doing more of what everything was telling him to do less of. Well, you know what I think y'all need to do at y'all's church? I think if y'all would calm it down, you know, maybe not run around so much. Maybe not jump up and down so much. Maybe not worship so much. Maybe not be... You just preach out of that book too much. Your pastor just believes that book too much. You know, if you'd just loosen up over here and you'd loosen up over here and you'd loosen up there and you wouldn't teach it so straight and you wouldn't talk like you do and you weren't so crazy acting all that. I think all of that, I think that I'm telling you whatever the world's telling you you need to do, you need to do the opposite of that and you need to do it more. Oh, yeah. Ah. Let me go ahead and get on to the next voice. We've got to overcome. It's the religious voices in the world. There were a lot of religious voices telling blind Bartimaeus to be quiet, to sit down. It's out of order. I'm going to tell you what we have to learn to ignore. It's all of the religious voices out there saying if you'd structure your church service like this and you'd do it just like that and you'd do it over here like this and, and boy, if you'd do more of this over here and less of this over there, I'm telling you, if we're going to get what we need from Jesus, we got to stop listening to all the other religious voices out there and want to hear what the Spirit is saying, what So, so listen, listen. Let me let me say it like this, and I'll try to move on. I'm running, running out of time. I don't know what time you normally get out, but I figure since you don't have a Sunday night, we can probably go to two or three o'clock. I'm just kidding. I'll have some people charging me. Be quiet. Sit down. <laughs> But blind Bartimaeus begins to cry out. And many charged him that he should hold his peace. But he cried out the more. The very thing that everybody else was telling him to do was the opposite of what Jesus wanted. Is that okay? I'm going to go ahead and tell you. Whatever the world's telling you to do, Whatever your flesh is telling you to do, Jesus wants the opposite. You want to know what's right? Do the opposite of what the world is doing. Well, that didn't go over real good, but I'm going to say that again. You want to, a lot of times, yeah, I'm just telling you, if you're ever questioning, I don't know which one to do. I don't know what to do. I don't know which decision to make. I don't know where to go. Ask yourself, where's the world going? And go the other direction. That's what blind Bartimaeus did. Many charged him that he should hold his peace, and so what he did was go the opposite direction. When the world was saying, be quiet, sit down, stop doing all that, stop living that way, stop acting that way, you're distracting. When blind Bartimaeus did the opposite, hear me, he didn't just do the opposite, but he cranked it up a notch. 
I'm going to tell you, the worse the world gets, the wilder the church ought to get. We need to crank it up another notch. We need to bring it up another notch. We... Can I show you what happened? Many charged him that he should hold his peace, but he cried the more a great deal. Thou son of David, have mercy on me. Verse 49. Can you put 49 up there? And Jesus stood still. That doesn't do anything for you yet. It may not do anything for you later, but it does something for me. Jesus went from passing by to standing still. When blind Bartimaeus started doing the very thing the world was telling him not to do, when he started doing that thing more, Jesus went from passing by to standing still. I'm thankful for every time he's passed by. Oh, but I love it when he comes and he just settles on the place. I love it when he comes and he stands still. I love it when he comes and he stands still. I love it. I'm thankful for every time he's passed by me, but I'm so thankful for the times he's come and he stood still. I'm going to tell you how we can get him to come stand still. Don't stop living for him. Start living for him more. Start living for him more. Start doing more. And I'm telling you, when we start doing more, he's going to go from passing by to standing still. And Jesus stood still. And Jesus stood. Is this all right? I know we're in Sunday school lesson and all that, but I feel the Holy Ghost here today. I, I feel that. Can I just tell you what I feel? I just feel that God's wanting to take us to another level, another, just another step up, if you will, just. Just a little bit. I know this is a worshiping church. I know this is a praising church. I know we've had a lot of breakthroughs, but I'm telling you, we haven't had all the breakthroughs. We haven't seen all the miracles yet. We, we haven't seen all the backsliders come home yet. We haven't, we haven't seen it yet. Many charged him he should hold his peace, but he cried, The more a great deal, thou son of David, have mercy on me. And Jesus stood still. I'm thankful that he passes by, but I love it when he stands still. I love it when his presence settles on the place. I love it when his presence. You know what I'm talking about when you're in your time of prayer and you're just praying. And you're... Maybe it happens every time for you. Maybe every time you pray. I mean, it's just dynamic, and maybe every time you pray, angels come in and hit you on the head and all that kind of stuff. Maybe every time you pray, it's just some kind of glorious experience. Maybe every time you pray, there's fireworks going off. There's sometimes I pray, and there ain't a lot that happens. There's sometimes I, he's passing by, but boy, there's sometimes where he comes into that place where you're praying, and he stands still. 
and his presence settles in that place, just like he will in a church service. You know what I'm talking about. There's services where he passes by, but so, there's something somewhere in some services where somebody gets his attention and he goes from passing by to standing still. He goes from just passing by to standing still. And I, I'm thankful for every time that he's passed by. Oh, but I love it when his presence just comes and settles on the place. He inhabits the praises of Israel. That word inhabits means enthrones. He comes and he settles on the place. He comes and he sits down on the place. He comes and he goes from passing by to standing still on the place. So blind Bartimaeus, Jesus went from passing by to standing still and commanded him to be called. So you know the story they call the blind man. <clears throat> I think some of the same people that are telling him to be quiet, Jesus said, tell him to come here. I just like that. I don't have a good point to preach on that. I just like it. Hey, you people that were telling him to be quiet, go get him and tell him to come here. Nobody runs aisles on that point, but I like it. Jesus said, tell him to come here. Now that is something. He's blind. Jesus, why don't you walk over to him? <laughs> Tell him to come here. Okay? So then the Bible says, Jesus stands still, commands him to be called. They call the blind man, saying unto him, Be of good comfort, rise, he calleth thee. Let me have that jacket. Now this blind man is a beggar. He's on the side of the road, and he's asking for stuff. He's asking for a dime. He's asking for a nickel, maybe a dollar, and uh, wants to go to McDonald's and buy him a hamburger. He needs something to eat. He's a beggar. People know he's a beggar. They know he's blind. Blind Bartimaeus has been blind a long time. He's been a beggar a long time. And he's sitting there on the side of the road, and he's asking for money. He's asking for something from somebody. He's asking. People know blind Bartimaeus. I believe that people identified blind Bartimaeus. They knew him. They recognized him. They said, that's blind Bartimaeus over there, son. Run over there and give him a nickel. That way he can get him something to eat later on or maybe give him a quarter, give him something. Just try, you know, good old blind Bartimaeus just sitting over there. But blind Bartimaeus is sitting there. He's a beggar. He's, he's homeless. He doesn't have anywhere to stay. And he's got this garment on. He's got this jacket on. That, that garment that he's got, it's not just a jacket. That's his warmth when it's cold. That's his shelter from the rain. That's his protection. That's his identity. That's who he is. That's people that recognize that blind Bartimaeus over there. I'd recognize that garment anywhere. That's old blind Bartimaeus. I'd recognize blind Bartimaeus anywhere in that garment over there. I, I know him. I've, I've passed by him hundreds of times. I know him. He's always out here begging. Jesus stood still and commanded him to be called. They called the blind man over. Look at verse 50. Look at what he does. And he, a blind man, casting away his garment. In a crowd of people, blind, a beggar, when he hears that Jesus is calling him, Cast that garment away. Whew. Boy, that, that doesn't do nothing for you, but that does something for me. That's his identity. That's who he is. That's his addiction. That's his sickness. That's the old man. That's how people recognize it. I'd recognize That's that drunk. 
That's that drug addict. That that garment that's on him, that's blind Bartimaeus. That's blind Bartimaeus. That's, that's that identity. That's who he is. I, I, I know him anywhere. That's his identity. That's who he is. But when he hears Jesus is calling him, he lets go. Oh. In order for the blind beggar to receive what he needed from Jesus, he had to let the old man go. What? Let me say it like this. What he's saying is I don't know what he's going to do, but I know when Jesus is done with me, I'm not going back to that anymore. That's not how they're going to know me anymore. I'm not going to be the same anymore. You're not going to be able to identify me by that anymore. When Jesus gets done working in my life, I will not need that old garment anymore. That's your warmth in the winter. That's okay. Jesus is about to get me. That's your comfort when you're lonely. That's all right. Jesus is about to get me. That's what relieves you of all the stress in your life. That's all right. Jesus is about to get me. And when he gets done with me, I'm leaving an old garden. I don't know what happened. I just know that blind Bartimaeus is about to get his healing. But I have a feeling people were trampling all over that old garment. People were walking all over that old garment. And I don't think blind Bartimaeus was worried about that old garment anymore. He traded that old garment for sight. He traded that old garment for Jesus opening in his eyes. I'm telling you, I feel the Holy Ghost in this place right now. If you'll let that old garment down, if you'll put that old man down, Jesus is going to open eyes. Jesus is going to perform miraculous things. If we'll put that old garment down, that old identity down he casting his way his garment rose and came to Jesus I'm done preaching I feel the Holy Ghost here right now I, I could keep going I got plenty more lessons from blind Bartimaeus this former blind beggar but I'm done I feel the Holy Ghost here right now I feel the Holy Ghost here right now he's here to work right now You can stand, I'm done. The Lord's here to work. There's going to be some voices we've got to overcome. Some of you might have to overcome some voices of your own flesh, some voices of pride and all of that stuff that try to keep you bound. Those things will rob you of what God wants to do. Those things will rob you of the miraculous. The other thing we're going to do is we're going to put some old garments down. You say, well, that all sounds well and good, but I don't have an old garment. Oh, yeah, you do. That old addiction, that old thing, whatever. That's what repentance is. Repentance is the casting away of that old man, that old identity. You can't receive the promise until you let go of that old man. You can't receive the Holy Ghost until you let go of that old man, that old garment. You're just saying, Lord, I'm repenting. I'm walking away from this old garment. And by the time you're done with me, that's not how they're going to identify me anymore. You see, there's people here today. They used to identify you as a drug addict. They used to identify you as an alcoholic. Don't need to keep going down the list of all the stuff. They used to identify you as a gossiper. I hope they still don't. They used to identify you as a lot of other things, but now they identify you as what Jesus is. That's that old crazy holy roller now. 
That's that old crazy tongue talker now. What happened? It was letting go of one garment and putting a new garment on. He, it was letting go of an old man and putting on a new man. And that's what the Holy Ghost is here today to do. It's here to help you let go of an old garment and receive a new garment. It's here to let you go of an old man and receive a new man. It's here today to... I'm done preaching. If you don't want to play something on the piano, that'd be fine. Amen. If you're waiting on a fancy altar call from me, I can't do it. This is what I'm going to tell you to do. If you want to put an old garment down and pick up a new one, if you want to tell that old man, I'm done with you, I'm taking on the new one, if you want to say, Lord, I've got to get something for you, I just want you to tell your flesh no. I want you to tell the world no. I want you to turn your back on it today, and I want you to come up to the front and say, Lord, I need something from you. If you don't need anything from the Lord, then it's not for you. But if you need something from God, it's here. I'm telling you, the Holy Ghost is here to help you today. The Holy Ghost is here to restore today. The Holy Ghost, yes, that's it. Hallelujah, that's it, that's it, beautiful. Keep on coming. Yes, that's it, the Holy Ghost is here to help you today. Woo. Hallelujah. Jesus, I want you to go from just passing by in my life uh, to standing still. Uh, you hear me today? Jesus wants to go from just being something you feel a little bit on Sunday to being something that goes home with you. Jesus wants to come and stand still in your life. Uh, Jesus wants to come and manifest himself in your life. Uh, Jesus. Uh, if it's appropriate, reach your hand over to the person next to you and let the Holy Ghost minister through you. I feel the Holy Ghost here to help right now. Jesus. I'm putting that old garment down. I'm casting that old garment down. Jesus, we receive what you have for us today. Hallelujah. Lord, hallelujah. Some of you are putting some garments down. You need a prayer, prayer of repentance. Lord, I ask you to forgive me. Lord, I ask you to forgive me of every sin. I ask you to forgive me of the things I've done wrong. I ask you to forgive me of the things that I said that were wrong. Lord, I need your mercy today. I need your grace today. I'm crying out for mercy. Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy on me. Reach out to him today. Reach out to him today. You never know when it's going to be our last opportunity. You never know when it's going to be our last chance. We never know when it's going to be our last opportunity that he passes by our way. We never know. We're reaching out to you, Jesus. We reach out to you, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. That's it. Keep praying, church. Keep praying. Lord, we're in desperate need of you today. Lord, we're in desperate need of you. That's it. Let him help.